My watch, it's time to start, uh, folks, and welcome to the third night of the week of prayer. We anticipated that the numbers would be a little bit down. Uh, we anticipated that the older folks may not be here, and uh, that would have been fully understandable. Anybody that's <coughs> senior or vulnerable in that kind of weather of snow and ice, you'd understand that they couldn't come, but it's so encouraging. Victor says you don't make people like you anymore, and uh, I suppose that's true. Some of you come from outlying districts as well, and I know that your roads are bad, so thank you for making the effort. And tonight the theme will be revival, and we're going to sing the revival hymn 641. Revive thy work, O Lord, thy mighty arm make bare. Speak with a voice that wakes the dead, and make thy people hear. You have to sing extra well tonight. Not very often I see my wife so, so far back in the prayer meeting. She's normally further up here. But there's a radiator there, so there's probably uh, a reason.
pray together. Almighty God and gracious Father, we come to your house tonight in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. We're coming to the very presence of God now, and we thank you that there is an open avenue given to us to approach the Most High. We thank you that the veil is rent in twain. We can come to the holiest of all. We can appear before the throne of heavenly grace. And it's all because we have a representative in glory. We thank you for our mediator, Jesus Christ the righteous. The one that came into this world to represent us in every way. In his life and in his death. Who ascended to glory after the resurrection. And is seated now at the right hand of the Father. Where he ever lives to make intercession for us. Lord, it is comforting to know that we have such a one in heaven who thinks about us, who prays for us, who intercedes in our behalf, and indeed makes our prayers as we approach the Lord perfect through his work. We thank you for bringing the church together tonight as we think of the, the weather and the snow and the cold, and yet there are those who have ventured out just to be here and others perhaps not able to come, but Lord, they're with us on the internet, listening in, at least for the opening part of the prayer time. And we pray for your blessing. You've been with us in the past nights. We have felt your presence. We have known your help. We thank you for your precious word and for the thoughts that we've sought to bring to the church. And we thank you for enablement as we have come to pray and seek the Lord for touching our hearts and opening our mouths. And Lord, you've said if we open our mouths, the Lord will fill them. Lord, bless the season of prayer that will follow shortly. And we pray that there will be that physical opening of our mouths, that we might talk to the Lord and call upon him. And Lord, it is our desire for revival. And revival might come. We can't help but think of the great need as we sing this hymn. And we pray, Lord, that you'll come and disturb the sleep of death. We pray it will drive away the coldness from the church of Jesus Christ. We pray for the fire of God, the Holy Spirit to descend and warm our hearts and touch our souls and make us what we ought to be. We praise you tonight for the ministry of the Holy Spirit of God. And we know that upon conversion, he came to reside within our hearts and lives. And he's there within to direct us and teach us and give us power to walk with God in this world aright. And give us help in the place of prayer because the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. But oh, for the power of the Spirit to be that witness for God in our day. Send us forth, Lord, endured with power from on high to take this town and this district for the glory of God. Thou art able, Lord, just make us willing and make us instruments in your hand that you can use. Here in answer this, our prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen. Welcome again. We took the moment at the beginning just thinking about the weather to say welcome. And can I say it's a very warm word of welcome? Even though it's cold outside, we warmly uh, welcome you to the meeting tonight. We trust that you'll be blessed. And if you're listening in and you're part of the service tonight on the internet, we welcome you also. Just two more nights of our week of prayer. Tomorrow night and Friday night. And the meeting's being at 8 o'clock. To remind you again that the new prayer list is being formulated. So you have tonight and you have tomorrow night only. 
and then the pages will be closed and it'll be typed up, God willing, on Friday to be distributed or yeah, to be distributed on Friday evening. Remember the open air on Saturday morning at eleven. And remember, young people, the Youth Council Training Day in Lisburn also on Saturday and the services at the usual times on the Lord's Day. We woke up this morning to a beautiful blanket of snow. This was the view from, uh, I think, our kitchen window. And uh, yeah, it is beautiful, brings its hazards and its dangers, but uh, the snow is beautiful to look at. Bible speaks about snow. I think it's mentioned 25 times in the Word of God. And the one that I think about often is in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. I want to say we appreciate work that was done at tea time. Sean, after a busy day, came in with the tractor and the snow plow on the front of the tractor. And he cleared the snow. And if you were sitting in the tractor, this is the kind of view that you would get. All right, just so you know, you probably haven't had the opportunity to sit in a tractor like this. Um, Pastor Bebe and Emmanuel, they got home late last night, early this morning. And uh, it was Bebe's car that they brought to the airport. He had trouble before he went to the airport. And the car wouldn't start. And the clutch was broken. And therefore, today, they had to go back to the airport and get it towed home. But despite the fact that the car was broken, he was glad to be back with his wife and with his family. More progress is being made with Lily. And it's just lovely to see the reports that uh, Pastor Florine is posting on Facebook, just keeping everyone up to date with her progress. When we think of where she was, how dark a valley <clears throat> that she was in, and yet she is starting to come out of that, even though she's still in intensive care and needs a lot of prayer. <coughs> Yesterday we, we told you about Maria needing help. It was Florica's turn today, and we family had no, no milk for the baby, no food for the home. And uh, Claudio, Pastor Claudio, was able to visit with them and get them a little bit of help. So we appreciate that. Kirsty is safely back at Crown College, and Noring has reached Doha. She went down to Dublin last night. She stayed overnight, had an early morning flight <coughs> that took her to Doha. She has a 15-hour wait there, so I think she's gone to, to rest at a hotel that's local, and she'll continue her journey tomorrow. These are all the announcements. We're going to sing another revival hymn, 638. <clears throat> Visit us, Lord, with revival, stricken with coldness and death. Where is our hope of survival? If you ask that question, we have to say, save in thy life-giving breath. It's only the Spirit of God can really uh, come and move in the church and bring hope again and bring us back to where we ought to be. So may the Lord help us to, to pray for revival even in the hymn, Lord, send us revival. Let it begin now in me, not in him, not in her, not in somebody else in the family or your friends, but let it begin in me. Gladly dethroning each rival, yield I my heart unto thee. Let's sing it.
Bibles to 1 Kings 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. And reading some verses towards the end of the chapter, sort of halfway through, a little bit more than halfway through from verse 30 down to verse 39. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bullock in pieces, and laid him on the wood, and said, Fill four barrels with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it the second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, Do it the third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran round about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. You've been with us this week. You know that my question is, what do you want to see in God's work this year? What are your aspirations for the church here at Hebron? Have you got vision? Have you got burden? Desires of heart? And the five things in my mind, the proclamation of the Savior, the regeneration of sinners, the rejuvenation of saints, the manifestation of the Spirit, and the destruction of Satan. And we said we would take one per night. So Monday night, we thought of the proclamation of the Savior. And Paul says we preach Christ crucified. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. In these two verses, 1 Corinthians 1, 23, and 2 Corinthians 4, and verse 5. And that's the duty, the chief duty of the church. It is to proclaim Christ. And then last night, we thought about the regeneration of sinners. And we turned our attention to Acts chapter 2, and those verses from verse 37 to 42. It is as Christ is preached that a work is done in the heart by the Spirit. 
Preaching is God's ordained method of reaching the lost. And we, we quoted those two verses of scripture particularly. It pleased God through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And also faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that is our desire. It ought to be to see others brought to a saving knowledge of Christ. And we thought about Pentecost and what God did because the Holy Ghost was at work and sinners, many of them, were converted to Christ. But tonight, on our Wednesday night, we're thinking about the rejuvenation of saints. We need revival. We need a movement of the Holy Spirit with power. We need the life-giving Spirit to breathe into our hearts and really make us alive unto the things of God. The church, by and large, is cold and backslidden. Present company exempt. I trust that that is the case. I'm speaking about the church generally. The fire has gone out. The power is diminished. And the zeal is at a low ebb. And we're more like the Laodicean church than ever the lukewarm church there are things lacking today in the experience of God's people which testify to the great need for revival for example a real concern for God's glory do you see that in the church do you detect that among God's people I think not another lack is a passion for the souls of sinners Christians running after the unconverted to bring them to Christ. Another is a love for the prayer meetings. And we've been so blessed this week when we think of the, the physical attendance and those that have come to be with us here to pray. But very often in the church out there, among God's people, there is a lack of love to come to be with God's people in prayer. There's a lack of love for each other. There's a, a lack of panting after righteousness and holiness. There's a lack of a sacrificial life that is lived to the glory of God. And such <clears throat> deficiencies in the church ought to bring us to the place where we, we pray for revival. At least pray over the great prayers for revival. Wilt thou not revive us again? That thy people may rejoice in thee. Psalm 85 verse 6. Revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years make known in wrath remember mercy. Habakkuk 3 verse 2. Or oh that thou wouldest rend the heavens that thou wouldest come down. Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 1. There were divine awakenings throughout the scriptures. In the Old Testament we think of the days of Samuel and Elijah, Hezekiah and Ezra and at other times. And then repeated revivals in the New Testament, especially from the day of Pentecost. And you think of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit was poured out among God's people at the prayer meeting. We think of Philip in Samaria. And how that he came there and through the preaching of Christ he saw that city turned upside down. And you want to mark chapter 8 of Acts Verses 5, 6, and 8 particularly. We think of Peter at Lydda in Acts chapter 9 and verse 35. Or Peter at Caesarea in Acts chapter 10 and verse 44. When the Spirit of God came 
upon the congregation that he preached unto. We think of Paul at Antioch in Acts chapter 13, verse 44, 48, 52. I'm not taking time just to, to quote those verses, but think about them. These were all great movings of God. And other times in the Acts of the Apostles, we read about God coming down in the power of the Spirit. One such occasion was in the time of Elijah the prophet. We're led here to Mount Carmel in a time of backsliding Israel. It was spiritual darkness. Spiritual darkness had pervaded the land. And the nation was held in a grip of coldness and barrenness and wickedness. It was in the days of King Ahab who did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. First Kings 16 and verse 30 tells us that. He not only walked in the perverse ways of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, but he married wicked Jezebel. And went, the Bible says, and served Baal and worshipped him. Indeed, the Bible bears record that Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. You can only imagine the, the deep and the dark departure of the nation. There were, or there was religious confusion and carelessness. If you look at 1 Kings 18 and Mark verse 21, Elijah came unto the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered in not a word. They couldn't even answer the prophet. Who do we serve? Who do we worship? They had worshipped the Lord God Jehovah, but Baal has been introduced by Ahab and Jezebel into the nation as a god. And so they're halting between two opinions, jumping from one god to the other god and back to the other continually. And the challenge is thrown out by the prophet concerning this. Whoever is the true God will then follow him. But you know, God has his men. He always has his men. In every generation, men that he raises up to be a faithful witness, and here, of course, it is Elijah. And God not only has his men, but he has his times and his seasons to visit and to come and work with power among the people of God. A challenge or a contest takes place on the summit of Mount Carmel to prove who is the true God of Israel. Was it Baal or was it Jehovah? And the God that answered by fire was to be recognized as the true God. And so the challenge is thrown out. Build your altar. Put your bullock on the altar. And the God that answers by fire, he's the one that will be recognized as the true God. That shouldn't have been a problem to Baal worshippers and the Baal prophets. Because Baal was the God of fire. And you know what happened. You know what takes place all day. The Baalite prophets, they pray, they call upon their God, they cut themselves with lancets, but there's nothing. There's no sound from their God. There's no answer from their God because their God was no God at all. And then it's Elijah's turn. And we just read a, a little bit about what happened here. He prepares his bullock. He lays it on the altar that he repaired. 
pours 12 barrels of water over the sacrifice, fills the trench as well round about and calls upon the Lord and God immediately answers by fire, proving who he was. And so the outcome really is what we read in, in verse 39. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, or Jehovah, he is the God. Jehovah, he is the God. May such days return, brethren and sisters. May there be renewal and revival, rejuvenation in today's church, in all of our hearts, that will permeate out into society and change our land and nation. So let's pray. Let's pray for revival. Let's pray for the outpouring of the Spirit, for the fire from on high. Let's pray for God to come down and to reveal himself and revive his church and even make the people out there realize there is a God in heaven and it is the Lord God Jehovah and his Son, Jesus Christ. May there be a turning to him. So tonight, the rejuvenation of saints. We want to pray about that. And we're going to ask uh, our sister to come to the piano again. We, we will sing 169. This prayer, breathe upon us, Lord, from heaven. Fill us with the Holy Ghost. Promise of the Father given, send us now a Pentecost.
these folks we just brought to your attention last night, Margaret, Derek, James, Peter, Joanne, baby Jacob got home last night from hospital, and uh, Cecil McKendry. So you can keep them in prayer again tonight. And let's pray for revival. That's what we're here to do. And if you've been joining us on the internet, we say goodnight to you. And you go and have a wee time of prayer as well. And seek the Lord and pray for revival in your soul. Come before the Lord now.